Rocky Lou of Rocky Lou Productions. This podcast is the first part of the fourth story in a series of stories by Amber Lockridge. The collection, entitled O'Bruni, documents Amber's time as an exchange student in Ghana from 2000 to 2001. Today's story, The Devil's Hair Ground, opens an epic but lighthearted journey of initiation from a head of wispy Caucasian optimism to tightly braided African pride. Part 1 The Devil's Hair Ground It started off well enough a nice washing and drying, a little curling, some waxing. I chose two colors of synthetic hair, called mesh, for the salon ladies to weave into long plates on my head. They motioned me to a small stool, and I threw myself onto it with a grin. Even the plating wasn't so painful at the back, where they started. Yes, I thought, I can handle this. It's 8.30 now, so I should be out of here by 4 this afternoon. Tops. I hummed a little while two girls busily worked at the foundations of my head. An hour later, it was four girls, and I was trying to read an Agatha Christie novel and keep my neck steady at the same time. My head was throbbing faintly, but I didn't seem to be losing too much hair. I resisted the temptation to look at my watch. By noon, the nature of my predicament had begun to settle upon me. It wasn't my head that hurt nearly so much as my butt. The bare wood stool was as hard as my bruised buttocks was soft. I could only feel a numb and distant prickling where I thought my feet probably were. Now, six girls surrounded me like the calyx of a flower. I was encased in a mass of itchy, suffocating hair down to my waist. The air outside had turned hot, and with so many bodies near me, I was sweating profusely. This didn't help the itching as stray hairs stuck to my arms and back. I had to suppress the urge to scream and throw them all off of me. Breathe, I thought to myself. Actually, I remembered reading that hyperventilation was an anesthetic. Breathe, I thought again, forcing my chest in and out, straining my neck to keep my head still against the incessant tugging from six different directions. I willed myself to ignore the sticky, dirty feeling that covered my body and returned to my book. A few moments later, I was saved by the appearance of my sister in the doorway of the salon. I prayed that she wasn't a heat and delirium-induced mirage. How long had I been here? She motioned me to come, and I gladly extricated myself, tripping only a little as the feeling worked itself back into my legs. 
indiscreetly, I peeled the bands of my underwear out of the grooves they had embedded themselves in. Good afternoon, I said. What are you doing here? She informed me that she had to rush to Accra, at best a four-hour journey, to get some school papers signed for another of my sisters. One of the girls would be taking me home, and had I eaten lunch yet? I said, okay, okay, and no, I hadn't. She told me I could send someone across the street to buy me rice. Then she hurried off, affectionately calling out Bruni (laughs) and shaking her head with laughter. I looked back at the stool. Flexing my butt cheeks in hesitant anticipation, I suggested we all break for lunch. Oh, but the food was heaven-sent, and cool glasses of water calmed my suffocating anxiety. My endurance at last bolstered. I allowed for a small amount of time computation. I had been there for four hours. I must be at least halfway through. As I returned resignedly to my stool, I caught sight of my head in the mirror. The reflection elicited a chuckle that might have been a full guffaw if I hadn't been there all morning. My real hair was a snarly clump at the top of my head with various clips sticking out of it at odd angles. The plated portions at the back were encouraging, but I was somewhat disturbed by how little ground had been covered. They hadn't even reached my ears. Nevertheless, I resumed my seat with a sigh and picked up my book. In five minutes, the book was finished. Curse my lack of foresight. I had brought another book, but it was in my bag, all the way across the room. If I wanted it, I was going to have to ask for it. Infanti. (sighs) With a deep breath, I made an attempt. Me pocho... To bookie wo bag no woho na fame bookfrino. I hoped this sounded something like, please put this book in that bag and bring me the other book in it. One of the women did place the book I held into my bag, probably the result of gestures and guesswork, but did not remove the second book. Now I was really stuck. There was nothing at all to distract me from the pain and the agony of my impatience. They had removed my glasses, so I was, for any relevant purpose anyway, blind as well. I tried meditation, sitting tall and breathing deeply, but the numbness crept slowly back into my feet. I could swear that bones were beginning to poke through the skin of my butt. Soon I was shifting leg positions like some strange dancer. I rocked back and forth, first on one hip, then the other. I tried reflecting on the pain philosophically. After all, it was only a sensation. No need for so much anxiety and repulsion. 
Relaxing. Distancing. The cry escaped my throat involuntarily. It was the woman in blue pants. I could see her just on the edge of my peripheral vision, and she seemed to have far more faith in the structural integrity of my head than I did. That, or she just didn't like me. Who was this woman, anyway? All the other girls wore gold and white uniforms, but for this plain-clothed sadist. Every time she started a new braid, I tensed my body. One, two, three, four. She twists a strand of mesh around a piece of hair, my scalp shrieking in agony. She pulls the piece straight out, apparently only able to work at a perpendicular to the plane of my scalp. Then... The tugging begins as she plaits the length of hair. With all the girls tugging to different beats, I was experiencing some kind of cacophonous musical orchestration. The devil's percussion section with blue pants commanding a shrill solo. I lost my thoughts in this amusing metaphor for some time. Two o'clock... Three o'clock, who could tell? I swam in a timeless daze. The only thing keeping me stationary and sane was the knowledge that it would all be over soon. But as four o'clock crept closer, I grew uneasy. True, the girls on the right side of my head were picking at the top hairs now. But was that a tug near my left ear? Hesitation became dreadful certainty when a piece of hair just above that very ear was viciously yanked out to a 90-degree angle. One, two, three, four. Blue bobbed in and out of my receptive field. I had been deceived. Misled into believing my taxi ride home was a mere whistle away. I shifted my legs in consternation and accidentally kicked the girl in front of me. Somewhere, Freud might have chuckled. With a sigh, I strengthened my resolve, thinking about the admiration I would soon be soaking in. Wearily, I tried again to obtain the second book for my bag, I was fortunate to receive it on the third repetition of Me pocho fame bag, mame. Relieved, I turned to Agatha Christie's Endless Night. Without my glasses, I had to press the book almost up to my nose and then pull it away again as I reached the edge of the page. I tried valiantly to dissolve into the story, but... My head was pounding, and the main character was annoyingly arrogant. Fifteen pages in, I put the book aside in disgust. My rear squirmed of its own accord, and I sighed audibly. Resting my moist chin in my damp palm, I thought, maybe I might sleep a little. I tried my cat trick. 
Each time I inhaled, I squeezed my eyes half shut, then relaxed on the exhale. I imagined settling haughtily onto my stool and purring. I dozed in and out, chasing light daydreams. The Devil's Hairground was written and read by Amber Lockridge. The theme music is Apatampa from Ghana Rhythms of the People CD, used with permission from Multicultural Media. This podcast was recorded and lovingly cultivated by Rocky Lou Productions. If you like this, come and see what else we're working on at RockyLooProductions.com and look for the exciting part two conclusion, All's Hair in Love and War, coming soon. <laughs>